Welcome to the Blue Dot Podcast. Please join us as we discuss what's happening in Harrison County, Indiana. Hey, Harrison County, I'm Elmer Ramos. And I'm Graylin Porter, and you're listening to the Blue Dot Podcast. And welcome to episode 42 of the Blue Dot Podcast. Today, we're joined by Alex Porter again. Hello. Hello. Hey, um, big episode for you. Um, yeah. We've, yeah, we've got um, kind of a quick rundown of some local news um, with Main Street Corydon and mm-hmm. Corydon Town Council. Um, and then we're going into a deep dive on the schism within the Methodist Church with Susie Weigel. Ooh, drama, conflict. Yeah, major. Inter, inter-conflict. Yes, I have gotten quite the education on the Methodist church in the past few days and it's not doing great not doing great i'll be i haven't listened to that yet i'll be glad to listen to that because i feel like i've been reading in the you know in the news that there are these kind of schisms Mm -hmm. um, but i don't really know anything about it i'm looking forward to hearing someone dive into it with us yeah and Susie knows her stuff so she kind of lays it out for us both locally and globally um, awesome. what's going on there. And then of course we'll be back for recommendations at the end. So, um, we'll take a quick break and then jump into it. Can't wait. Okay, we're back to talk about Main Street Cordon and the Cordon Town Council. Um, I do feel like I need to give a you know a little note off the jump that I'm fairly congested. We've got some sinus issues in the <sighs> house tonight. You and me both. I, I I feel like I'm stuck inside like a soundproof box. Yeah. And to be completely honest, this podcast setup with the headphones isn't it's making not great. it any better. No, it's not great. <laughs> So uh, um, we'll just power through. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I can always tell when one of the hosts has something going on. And I feel like you're definitely going to be able to tell in this episode. Um, but feel fine, you know, just standard stuff. It's the fall allergies kicking in, fall yeah. and spring. Yeah, yeah. So um, last night you went to, it was that last night? I feel like it was a year ago. It feels like a year ago, but no, it was literally <laughs> about... Um, 24 hours ago as okay. we record. Okay. Yeah. You you went to the Cordon Town Council meeting. Went um, down to the Cordon Town Council meeting. Yep. And uh, yep. And I'm you're basically gonna kind of fill me in on what happened because I, you know, again, it was only last night and I haven't really done a whole lot of um, you know, you know, I wasn't there. So sure. I don't really know what's going on, but I do know that. The, the big thing that took up most of the meeting was um, Janelle Amy, the director of Main Street Cordon, mm-hmm. who's been on the show before, was kind of, you know, pitching a proposal for $75,000 to fund Main Street again. And we went through this last year. We have an episode on what happened last okay. fall. It, it, they did the same thing to them last year. It was Angel Frizzle who presented. Um, and so it seems to be kind of a repetitive thing that town council court and town council is not either interested in funding main street, but I mean, this is what you're going to tell us about. So yeah, I'll yeah. fill you in. And, and also to set the table, they informed main street that they don't plan to fund them. Do I have that correct? 
As far as I know, going into this meeting. Yeah. Going into this meeting, as far as I know, that's what main street was told, but I don't know if that was Uh, like official. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it was just through the grapevine. Yeah. Chatter. So Mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, I can, I can dive in. So I went down there last night. This was the 20th Mm -hmm. and, um, town council meeting and, uh, walk in the place is full. Yeah. And that, that, that's about 25 people. Mm -hmm. Um, The audience was full and, uh, they had a decent agenda, but yeah, Janelle, Janelle, Amy, executive director of main street, Corridan, which most of our listeners probably know, but Mm -hmm. you know, they kind of run and organize the events. Yeah. Yeah. And that episode where we had her on was kind of a history of the organization. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. But, um, yeah, this was her, her time. She, Mm -hmm. she got up, um, she had a huge support group there in the audience. Like I said, it was full. So, you know, it was a collection of local downtown business owners, um, real estate owners, um, supporters. Um, and so she gets up and and walks them through a very well-organized, uh, presentation. You know, you can see our write up and you can listen to the recording, but kind of helps to paint the picture. Yeah. You recorded um, the meeting. So yeah. if, you, if anyone listening wants to actually listen to the actual meeting, we have that as well. But, you know, I got the sense that she felt like she had to pull out all the stops. Like she was working to earn, um, the, the, the budget she's asking for. So it goes through a really good outline of, of the work she's done since taking over less than a year ago. It's so crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, she's done an amazing job. Yeah. I mean, and so she she's really only been it, there less than a year. Yeah. And so she had the points together, the mm-hmm. people that have attended the meetings, the revenue they've generated, mm-hmm. and, you know, even me as a, as a resident, you know, the popcorn return, mm-hmm. um, maybe I'm biased because I wrote the piece on it. But <laughs> I, I actually think most people around here really like that. It, it was a back. giant it was a for, for Corden. It was a big hit. Like yeah. that event really went well. So she sets the table going through the highlights and then gets to the second phase of her presentation, which is her ask, you know, she made a formal proposal to the town of Corridan, um, um, asking for, um, $55,000. Oh, sorry. Nope, yeah. it's 75. Let me, let me explain okay. it asking for, um, let me get my numbers, right. That's right. $55,000 to just from the town to help with their needs, salaries, you know, events, what they have to pay for insurance. Um, every year they've always gotten an additional $20,000 in the town's budget just for all the cleanup, you know, running the town street cleaner, um, trash, you know, just the stuff the town has to do to take it to, to, um, clean these events and just prepare for them. And I thought that's, so the total ask is 75,000. Right. But I think it's important to clarify that includes the like maintenance fees for the town. It's not 75,000 all in just just to fund events. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So and that, you know, she walks through that and that is less than they've received from the town in previous years. She has a bunch of strong facts about why this ask makes so much sense. Um, there's eight other accredited main street, Indiana towns in the state. Um, I think seven of the eight, um, 
all receive 50% of their funding from, from the their town. town. Mm -hmm. She's asking for just one third of the total wow. funding, which is the 75, the other two thirds, the organization will get through, you know, fundraising events, et cetera. So that was her first half of her piece, um, you know, showcasing the success of the less than a year yeah. of events yeah, and the ask, which she positioned as quite reasonable for the work they do. Then she opened it up to the audience and that's when things got emotional oh, wow. uh, for lack of a better word. Um, she had a lot of support there, uh, you know, starting with Carrie Zimmerman, owner of Zimmerman Art Glass, who, you know, they, they're obviously Glastoberfest is coming up. You know, he, he talked about how personal she's made this role, how important it is that we've got to support her. You know, I'm not, I could take, I mean, there was a lot of people and a well, lot of Well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at I the write-up you, yeah. you know, you have right now and it's, it was just it's one Zimmerman's, after another. it's um, the Pikes who are from Brandenburg. They own four downtown buildings, including Harrison County Arts right. and Kent Java. They own those buildings. Mm -hmm. They Sherry, were there. Sherry, who owns Kent Java, was there. They, those Pikes, they made an amazing statement. You know, they, mm -hmm. they've been investing in the downtown Corridon. They live in Brandenburg. Yeah. And they said that, they're asked by a lot of people in Brandenburg, like, like, why aren't you guys doing that here? Mm -hmm. And he said, they're, they say it said, say to him, why don't we have a wine walk? Yeah. Why don't we have a popcorn festival on a farmer's market like mm -hmm. this? Yeah. And his answer to them is always the same because the town of Brandenburg doesn't invest. Wow. Doesn't have a main street. Yeah. He even I got a chuckle from the crowd saying, you know, to be honest, downtown Brandenburg's prettier than Corden. <laughs> it's on the river. It's yeah. beautiful, but mm -hmm. there's no support there. Right. So he was very, very passionate about making sure she gets the funding. Did the town council have anything to say? Like why, or did they, did they even uh -huh. talk about how they do or don't want to fund? Like, did they even speak? You know, it's funny you asked that because now I'm thinking about it. I didn't really mention this in the write-up. They didn't say a word. Yeah. It's, On, I mean, I, that's fair. I mean, if you mm -hmm. listen to the recording, they, they didn't say a word other than the occasional, like, you know, nod mm -hmm. or the, the kind of joke when several people got emotional Harlan on the council was oh, like, God. does anybody have a Kleenex? And you know, big, big. Did they laugh? Jokes. Or... Yeah, people laughed. It wasn't really mean spirited. I mean, yeah, okay. people were emotional. It was a It was funny, but no substance to that. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it's so it, it's so frustrating because I feel like it's kind of the same problem we have with the county council in that there's no action from them. There's no right. like um, there's no questions. There's no there's no point of view. They literally just sit there and kind of just wait till whatever is being presented them is over. Uh -huh. And then they just say, OK, yeah. You know, one more thing, you know, people kept coming up. Uh, Brian Bates, owner of Vintage Treasures Antique Mall and Flea mm -hmm. Emporium. You know, he's done a lot of work around town. Mm -hmm. That new retail store down Chestnut there. Chestnut Street Market, yeah. Chestnut Street Market's very popular. And he got up and he's who we actually had in our photo, you mm -hmm. know, standing up saying, 
you know, we're seeing a changing of demographics in the downtown. Mm -hmm. It's about legacy. Mm -hmm. We've got families out there. And he said, quote, you know, you got a whole cast of characters in this town looking for things to do. Mm -hmm. Two of them are on this pod right now. I mean, yeah. And the park is packed on movie night. And he made a very important point that we need these events Mm -hmm. for people to come down here and spend money Mm -hmm. in these businesses. Yeah. Because they don't really have to come down here. No. No, and so no, he said, yeah. you know, to kind of wrap it up, he said, you know, we can be a community that is vibrant and family friendly, or we can choose not to be. And it, mm-hmm. it's all about legacy. Yeah. So, you I, know, we get through this, which takes about 45 minutes. Right. And then Janelle kind of and says she, she doesn't expect an answer right now, mm-hmm. but she's open to any questions they might have. Hmm. which they didn't really have any. Of course not. And Sorry, she said I shouldn't say that. Be, she said that she would be back at their next meeting in October. Wow. And so that was that. It was yeah. obvious that everyone wanted this funding and feels that she's done a great job leading Main Street. Mm-hmm. And so there was a little talk between the council to Triggy King, who is the treasurer clerk about, okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, how much time would we have to chat through this? Um, and she said, not a lot. I know she said not a lot of time because she's already turned some things in. Um, but the thing that kind of got me was she said, and you really need to have the whole council present to vote on it. Well, it was a council meeting, but there was only three of the five members there. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I'm trying not to be overly negative, but like, where's the council? Well, do you know who, <laughs> like, so who was there? Do you know all of? Yeah, who, I do. Okay, I yeah. Do. Um, Harlan. You had Harlan. Harlan Fisher, Fisher from the fourth okay. ward. Okay. Lester Rhodes. Okay. Third ward. Um, and Paul Hammond, you know, VP and second. Okay. Ward, so, so hope was not there and Doug was not there. Correct. Correct. So I will say hope is usually always there yeah. as far as I know. Um, but I have had multiple people tell me in passing or even a couple emails, what's going on with Doug Castet or he's never at counting or town council meetings. Hmm. So, so that, that's something I think that, you know, we might need to start thinking about and, and maybe asking and pushing a little bit is, you know, you're getting paid to be in this position. Not only are you elected, but it's a paid position. Yeah. I Um, mean, so I don't know. I just, I don't know enough to really get deep on my opinion. I haven't been to enough meetings. No, me neither. But my gut tells me, I think that's weird to meet twice a month. And this is where people come up and present. Mm-hmm. And to not the even be there. needs to be there. Yeah. Right. So wow. I okay. think it was, it was definitely, you know, emotional. Some people were mm-hmm. kind of in tears about the great work she's done. So I, so I guess kudos to her. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, what main street's done and it's a really tough that seems like a really tough job like i don't i've never brutal. had it but it just seems like a, a really brutal job and she's doing a great job and so if you're listening to this and you're passionate about this you know um we've got time before this comes up again so you might want to um contact you know if you live in the town of Corydon, you might want to contact the town council and tell them what you think um i'll have a link in the show notes on how to do that that sounds like a plan 
Okay. Awesome. Well, um, we're going to bring on Susie here in a minute and learn about the Methodist church. Let's do it. Let's talk church. Let's do it. If you love getting local updates from the Blue Dot, consider making a donation by visiting bluedothc.com slash donate. Blue Dot is made up entirely of volunteers and all donations go towards reaching out into the community and bring you the information you deserve. Any contributions will make a significant impact. Please visit bluedothc.com slash donate to make your contributions. Thank you so much. Okay, today we're joined by Susie Weigel, the voice at the top of every episode. Hey. Hi. (laughs) We love having you at the top of every episode, but you have not been a guest yet. I know. I think I sound awful every time I hear it, by the way. Oh, baloney. No way. You sound so peaceful and serene is what (laughs) I think every time. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, yeah. But um, we're here today to talk about something that I know literally zero about. I had to have Jim call me and like give me a lesson. Um, We're talking about the recent, I would say, schism in the Methodist Church. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, how it, you know, what's happened globally and how that has trickled down into local Harrison County churches. So uh, if you could just like give us a little background about who you are and why you're here to talk about the Methodist. Well, I want to make sure that everyone knows. I mean, I, I am well aware that I am not an expert on this at all. Yeah. Uh, But Unity Chapel is my home church and I grew Mm -hmm. up there. It's a very safe place. And when all this came about, you know, we had heard about it and I looked back and I had been listening to podcasts from 2019. So it was on the radar and I'd been told that, that there were issues and the church was dividing, dividing locally and dividing um, internationally. Mm -hmm. And when we got the letter that they were having a vote, we were just kind of shocked. And my mom, you know, she's going to be 88 in November. And she wanted me to find out what, what people we knew thought about it. But what the feeling and when was. you say and real quick when you say a vote the church the U- unity chapel was going to take a vote yeah that's right that's right to and, leave and, the global U- or the united methodist as an yeah. organization yeah so okay. so the united methodist in 2019 so i guess that this that this these feelings and these pulling aparts have been happening um I kept hearing the, the phrase, kick the can down the road. And like some people right. say it's been like, you know, 40 years that they've been not dealing with uh, gay marriage, but, but there are other mm-hmm. issues, but, but that's one of them that, that was brought to a head. And so the vote in 2019, um, the United Methodist Church, the worldwide United Methodist Church uh, offered what, what's called maybe an exit ramp or a way gotcha. that, that local churches could vote if they couldn't, if they couldn't agree with, with where the, the international United Methodist church was going, mm-hmm. there was a way out. And so when you say where they were going, you mean allowing gay marriage in well, the church, but that's not even allowed. That's what's so that's, weird. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a yeah. vote. It's a vote against the what if. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, seriously, like right now, um, they call it discipline and, and, um, they have, Mm -hmm. they have rules. I mean, they have, they have real hard rules that they vote on, um, at what they call the general conference. The general conference is where like 
the the broad sweeping rules are voted on and then there then there are areas they have area conferences and and local things i mean it's it it it, i think it's at least it was a well-managed system right of of smaller pieces kind of like the united states like right that's what jim was telling me yeah he was telling me it's kind of organized exactly like the states so like you have all your conferences yeah well if Jim said it, then I feel better about how I, <laughs> how I describe it. Yeah, no, I mean um, that's exactly how he described it to me. But so. but it's but it's interesting, and when mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm probably rambling this around and not going in order, but one of the weird things is that something that that is a, a issue now. First, and and I had everyone tell me this that the first issue was gay marriage that that there are even though ministers are not allowed to perform mm-hmm. gay marriages, they're doing it in California and Florida, mm-hmm. and they mentioned some other states, and it is happening. Uh, I've got things written down, like the first one was, was in 2011 that we know about. So it has been happening mm-hmm. for a right. while, and a bishop performed a, ho- uh, a high-profile same-sex marriage. I don't know who mm-hmm. that was. That's just you know something that I, that I found. And the the fear here is that if if we're not following doctrine, we the 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 church is not following doctrine, then what's going to happen? So it's the fear gotcha. of yeah, what if? Which you know we yeah, see that. So it's almost like a preventative vote. That's how they see it. But then yeah, but then it went into so it started with that. Then it went into financial reasons. Because when you're a member of the United Methodist Church, anything you give, any land that you give or any land that the church has belongs to the United Methodist Church, the big, the, mm-hmm. the federal government if in the, yeah. in the state scenario. Right. And um, they do tell you, like, like, I think they maybe require, like, what kind of insurance you have because they own the property, so they want it insured for a certain amount. But with that, you get should get well-educated pastors they mm-hmm. you know they have things like camps and things that it's you can almost go to like an accreditation yeah you know like yeah like yes. you're accredited yeah and like but they also i mean like you know there's a university that, that the united mm-hmm, methodist mm-hmm. i mean there's there's just you're you're giving into something you're 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 signing over that property, but, but you are getting something back. And I guess the question is now, and part of a vote is, is it worth it? Right. Because is it worth it to, if, if you're ideologically opposed with the way that the United Methodist is going, basically. If if you're, if you're a traditionalist and you fear again, because the Mm -hmm. vote has, because, because it's not been, the United Methodists have not voted to allow, uh, pastors to perform same-sex marriage or mm-hmm. they or, haven't actually taken action on anything no and that's another thing this mm-hmm. is all covid related because the timeline was set up that in 2019 that exit ramp was offered and then mm-hmm. there was supposed to be a general conference in 2020 the general conference would have been where they voted on are we going to allow same-sex ministers and and same-sex marriage and all of these things like there's all these mm-hmm. and, and I guess that's true I don't know how often they like maybe they meet every four years something like that and 
I imagine things are put forward all the time, you know, and then they mm-hmm. vote on them. So things don't always make it through. Mm-hmm. But the fear was yeah. that that's what was going to happen. Well, then COVID hit. So that vote didn't take place in 2020. So now you have it. So now they vote in 2019, the sex at ramp was given. The deadline for it is December of 2023. Thinking that that gave four years, well, actually, or three years when the vote was taken in 2020 and you knew, like if you, like if, if a church found out that they couldn't live with the doctrine that was voted upon, whether that be for or against whatever you're talking about, they would have had Mm -hmm. three years to get out. Well, that vote never happened because of COVID. So now people are Mm -hmm. doing a preemptive strike to get out and leaving. Yeah. Okay. So, so unity chapel has vo- already voted to get out. They did. And, um, okay. And, um, not a lot of people in my opinion, and I don't know how many people they have coming every Sunday right now, but, but mm-hmm. it, it, uh, not a lot of people voted, uh, but mm-hmm. they did vote, but it was, but it was pretty substantial, um, that, to, to leave. It, I, th- mm-hmm. I, I don't want to quote numbers, but, but like maybe more than a hundred yeah. people more gotcha. wanted to leave. But I did talk to people on, on all sides, like, mm-hmm. like, um, and t- one person who's definitely finding another church and is really hurt by all this. And that person felt like the vote was rushed. Another person who wasn't quite sure but thinks that we're that Unity Chapel is going to be great because the people are great. So so mm-hmm. so they're going to make it still make it work. always yeah. been. But they mm-hmm. think the vote was rushed. Um, yeah. But, but another person feels like that we should have talked about this years ago because this has been brewing. Mm-hmm. It's very. I don't know. I think I feel it's like so, it's like the world is today. You know, it's right. It's all... it, no, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. It. This is so reminiscent to me of, you know, conservatives and even um, liberals and, um, you know, what they think about the way the system over top of them is handling things. You know, it's it seems like within these organizations, uh, there's such a divide in people wanting it to go harder in one direction or wanting it to stay, you know, you know, it's, I feel like this breakdown is happening within all of our organizations right now. Yeah, it is. And and how two yeah. people can read the exact same thing and see two completely different mm-hmm. things. I mean, it's, it, I, that's what I yeah. found. And I've been watching so much on YouTube and I mean, both mm-hmm. sides. And again, my husband is so sick of this. He'll walk <laughs> in the living room and turn on his heels and leave. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. because I want to know, I really do care. I mean, yeah. Well, it's a big deal. I mean, if you grew up there, well, Unity Chapel is a loving place. I'm I'm not Mm -hmm. taking away any of that. And, and I even think, you know, when I, when I put something on social media, I wanted to be told I was wrong. (laughs) I really did Mm -hmm. because I don't want, I don't want this to be about race or, Mm -hmm. or same sex or, or, or anything that would exclude someone. That's the issue. And just so we're clear, it's even come up locally about female pastors. And mm. I mean, there have been females in United Methodist. I mean, I, I don't even know the time, but I mean, forever. You right. Know? And right. Um, I say forever. United Methodist has only been a religion since 68. Right. That, and, yeah. And of course, Jim gave me all the history on that. And, right. <laughs> um, and, and, 
you know, Unity Chapel, he told me, was kind of a combination of several different Methodist churches in and the northern and part of the county. Yeah, and that's why it's so beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, um, so the reason I only know it, I started first grade in 73, and I believe that that's when the church started, 72 or 73. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a gathering. I mean, there, there were more churches invited, but all these smaller churches took a chance on each other, trusted each other. You know, maybe you had a church mm-hmm. where there were 40 people going and, and they had say over their property and over everything. And, and they decided, even if they were United Methodists, where the, where the Methodists owned the property, they still had say of what they did. And they put their trust in that they were going to come in and have equal say with other churches. Right. And they built this complex. And I mean, they do feed people and we have had great, you know, sun like Bible school during the summer. I mean, there it's been a safe place for people. Youth group Mm -hmm. was amazing. You know, I, I I was never, I was never, I'm finding out doing this study that I don't think I've ever read the Bible and that's not great because I went all this time, but I did use I've only read it in school. I mean, I just, but but it was a safe place. It was a social place for me. And Mm -hmm. I mean, in the best way, I don't, I'm not using that as derogatory. I'm no. using it as, as like my tribe, you know, mm-hmm. like, like and all well, my that's the, the void churches fill, you know, yes. in a lot of ways for people well, and, in addition to the doctrine, you know? you know, and I'm just a couple generations from people, you mm-hmm. know, like just being on the farm and not having a place to go. And so they used it as that in, in a good way. And my, and, but all of my family, like all of my aunts and uncles were very faithful. I mean, that I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it was social for them. Oh but, yeah, but being but being faithful, then that is your your group, and it is your yeah your your people, and yeah. Um, but the, but then totally. that's one of the that's one of the complaints nationally is if we're subdividing mm-hmm. and we're making our groups smaller and smaller, are we just going to be with people who agree with us? Right, and that's well, and good, that's yeah, that's a good question for all of us. You know, yeah, like I'm what is of that? Totally, me too. You know, like what is the point if you just surround yourself with people? You know, is is that going to make anything better in the long run? Is what no, I keep so, coming back so to. So that's why this has been so interesting. I mean, I really, mm-hmm. but I really loved talking to to different people because, uh, I mean, we have a lot of hurt people. We have a lot mm-hmm. of people who, who just left. They got the letter that the vote was being taken even, and they knew what it was about, and they ended their membership that, you know, they just said, yeah, I'm, I don't want to be affiliated. I don't want my name affiliated. So when you. did this happen? I guess it was six weeks ago. I mean, it's oh, not wow. been okay. long. Not been long. But, yeah, because I see that I'm, I've just been doing some very, you know, basic research on, the, you know, local churches. And so they're still called Unity Chapel United Methodist Church on Facebook. I noticed that Old Capital United Methodist, which everyone who knows it, it, the colloquial term, the Pizza Hut Church, uh-huh. <laughs> um, they have changed their name to Old Capital Church. I noticed. Uh, wow. So I'm assuming they have voted to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah do you know did. anything about Frimmer's Chapel? I don't know anything about Frimmer's Chapel. I know mm-hmm. that 
Jim's church, Corydon, downtown Corydon is not mm -hmm. taking a vote. And um, New Salisbury is not taking a vote. Now, I asked somebody about that, and, and they said it's because, of, uh, and we haven't talked about this, the churches do have to pay to leave. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So that was going to be, yeah, my next question oh, is, you know, you vote to leave, what happens now? You know, well, like, and, and, and the reason, I mean, it's, again, I'm not, I can't explain this totally, but there's just a lot of good information online about this. Mm -hmm. But, but as, as United Methodists, part of it is that you're paying into a pot again, back to the federal government, like social security, you're paying in for retirement, for pastors, you're paying for education, you, mm -hmm. and you pay at your apportionment. It used to be on your membership, but now it's on, I think, your giving, like how much money you take in through giving, you pay a portion of that. And I think for our area, they're pay, you have to pay two years of what your apportionment would be. And mm -hmm. that makes sense because, you know, if, if you've had, I don't know how many ministers we've had over the years, but, but all of them are going to retire one day. And you, you really don't want the, the churches to leave with millions of dollars worth of property and, yeah. and not take care of, of the ministers who may stay. And that's another right. thing. We don't know which ministers are going to stay United Methodists or which are going to go to the global church or they, or they can go someplace else. The global church is not set in stone yet. They have so, an outline, but they so haven't if met. They yeah, so if they vote to leave, they're not just going on their own, like Unity Chapel by itself. They're becoming a member of the Global Methodist Church. I, I don't know that. I don't know that. Unity no. has, well, I don't know that they voted on that. I mean, that's what everyone. That's what they all say they're doing. That they that's think, an option. That's, that's an option, but, but it's can, not necessarily going to yeah, happen. They could be their own yeah. church. They could be right. They could just be their own. But what I'm saying is yeah. that if they choose to go to Global. Uh, they have not had their conference or whatever they're calling their meeting of elders, mm -hmm. which um, <laughs> so so all this stuff that that is outlined, um, which, by the way, is very similar to the United Methodist, other than they are not uh, allowing any um, LGBTQ like you can be a member. Mm -hmm. That's not it. They're not they're not cutting people out that way it's it's but it's kind of a separate but equal thing you can come to church but you can't lead if you do lead um, I think that I think that this is one in their outline that if you are, are um, gay LGBTQ and, and if if you are a minister you have to be single and celibate gotcha and you oh, know I mean okay that's just, and again, this is just an outline though. They haven't voted on all this stuff and nor has United Methodist. I mean, this mm -hmm. is all like the future, you're hedging your future on, on something that's not really on paper yet. Wow. So weird. And, you know, I, I really wanted to cover this because um, a couple of people mentioned it to me and, you know, it's not something I know about, but I know a lot of people care about it here. Um, and I, you know, what would you tell people listening to like, if they are, you know, wanting to know more about it, would you be willing to, to provide some links for our show notes? Yes, I, I would yeah. love to, because yeah. there, there's really, I mean, I have really been enlightened on both sides, honestly, like, mm -hmm. like, again, I, I went into it thinking, these people, you know, I, I did, <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah, shocked. Yeah. 
but but there's just a really different thing. Well, one of the one of the things that I saw that that kind of opened my eyes is that Methodists have always been kind of two sides of it. Like there were the, the Methodists that had the Chautauquas and the agent mm-hmm. of, of enlightenment. And, you know, that, that kind of Methodism where, where it's just kind of artsy and, and mm-hmm. you're reading the Bible and it's stories, but, but you make it fit your, mm-hmm. the, your view, your worldview, not, yeah, not, not following scripture, but just being, um, educated about it and then and then there was and then there were still Methodists that did camp meetings you know and call to to worship and all this you know kind of it's just two very different approaches to Mm -hmm. to worship and um and another thing and, and I will share this um this website well the it's it's a YouTube that I watched but Mm -hmm. But, you know, you can compare a lot of things in, in the Bible. And again, I don't, I don't know all this stuff, but, but just, you know, there's such drastic things like stoning and cutting off hands and, you know, <laughs> but, he, but he was like, leave all that out. If you want to do apples to apples about LGBTQ rights and gay marriage, uh, something that is in the Bible, and I guess that Jesus even talked about it in the Bible is that it says scripture is adamant about divorce and remarriage that Jesus Mm. said that um, you can only get divorced if, if your spouse commits adultery and leaves you, Mm. that's the only way you can get a divorce. And that's the only way that a minister can remarry someone Mm. is if, is if that happened to to Mm -hmm. someone. So somebody has to Mm -hmm. do that to you and this person said but scripture didn't change society did and that pastors mm-hmm. at one time were defrocked for for mm-hmm. marrying a divorced person for a second marriage and they were also defrocked if a believer was mar- married a non-believer you know yeah. and, and that of course that's that's still part of some of the jewish faith well, you know, and it just goes, it just, it just reminds me so much of like all the other issues we've been talking about lately, you know, with SB1 and everything. And, you know, it's just that picking and choosing of what you decide to take. That's right. You know, as direct, you know, law verbatim, you know, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, why is this something that we have to live by exactly? But then there's a million other things that we just don't even care about, or they don't even care about. And so, yeah, I just, I find it very interesting. And I think it's definitely just right in line with everything else that's happening right now, politically, culturally, socially, it just, it makes a lot of sense. But I, I really feel for people that, you know, feel like they grew up in their church and they don't want to leave, but they also don't feel aligned. And that's for both sides of the people, you know, I can definitely say which side I agree with, but, but, you know, both the people are feeling the same way. I am better educated on it. Again, I went Mm -hmm. into it thinking that, oh no, they don't, Yeah, (laughs) you know, Yeah, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's complicated and it's Mm -hmm. confusing. And I think that people are, are again, hearing all these scary things, all these what ifs, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Oh, I did want to mention another thing that was talked about was, well, if we stay, 
the United Methodists can take the church property. You know, we have that nice property there, oh. mil, you know, a million plus worth of property. Well, that's always been the case. I mean, yeah, but, that's but they're, never not, been... they're not doing that. Why would they do that to us? Right. You know, yeah, I, and that was always a possibility. It was. I mean, and then the church always owned that land, right? Um, well, no. I mean, no. when, when we ca- when we came together, it was I think it was donated by the Davises. I mean, I think that but the United Methodist owns the land. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So when, whenever a church and I mean, and that's even true of the churches that came together to make Unity Chapel. If they joined the United Methodist 68 or whenever, mm-hmm. then that's what. you Yeah. If, if you see yeah. United in front of a Methodist church. That's what they did, and they agreed gotcha. to it, and they all knew about it. That's gotcha. why. That's why I have the issue with this all coming, like, like, like it's this is a new thing. It's not. It, they just, just the LGBTQ issues brought this to a head, and now that's now that's a reason to talk about mm-hmm. it. Okay. Well, I mean, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, I'm sorry we for- didn't get to talk about something, you know fun and snarky oh uh, well that's next usually time. what I like to do with you <laughs> next time but I just yeah I, I really would love for people and I would love if, if people have other I mean like educate me because again right. I, I am I am a better yeah. person for diving into this and they are good people there mm-hmm. I just I just am really I I am disappointed for the people like you said on both sides who feel like they don't belong and it's It's not a great feeling, and we all know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Gray. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, we're back with some recommendations. Um, You know, the seltzer... Mm-hmm. segment is still going i still have people contacting me about that are you kidding me yeah. tell me about that i didn't know this um well we had elmer's comments um adam schneider had some things to say oh. um our aunt toots had some things to say you know we it, what did other, elmer have to say because you well, know we, we I, talked I a little bit of, pretty hard on the taco yeah, chico yeah yeah well and i mean he just he, that's not his favorite. And so, and then, oh, you know, and no, no. And then you um, got into the hard Tarpo Chico's over the, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You yeah. bought a couple cases of those, like uh, the ones I, with alcohol. Yeah. So I was still, you know, the seltzer conversation, and we'll move on from this, yeah. I promise. But yeah, the seltzer conversation still been fresh on my mind. And I was in mm-hmm. our local JC. Yep. And there was a case of spiked mm. Topo. Am I saying it right? Topo Chico's. Topo Chico. Yeah. yeah. Spiked alcohol on sale with your JC card. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, what? we're going to give these a try. And they were pretty horrible. They were so bad. <laughs> um, Kayla and I had the lemon. Yeah. And we both decided that it tasted like you put a can of regular seltzer outside for like two days and uh-huh. then put some pledge in it. Yeah, well, that's what it tasted like. And the irony is, I had a few left over, and um, I actually had a meeting with Elmer the other night, and uh, he was dropping me back off the house and said, "Hey, he, wait a minute, I got to get you him. something." And yeah. I gave him a handful of those. That's so. good. That's good. Okay. Um, well, I have a book 
And it's definitely not a lighthearted recommendation. It's nonfiction and it's called The Chaos Machine, the inside story of how social media rewired our brains or our minds and our world. Mm, And it, yeah. And it's a incredibly exhaustive look at how social media, I thought it was going to be social media in general, but it's really not. It's how social media has created the political far right. Mm -hmm. Okay. In particular. Um, And so it goes through um, Myanmar and what happened there with Facebook and how Facebook basically created a, a genocide uh, with their, with their platform. Oh boy. I need to read this. It is, it's, if you hate Facebook, it's going to make you not, I mean, I don't know if I can even be on Instagram anymore. It's It's not going to change your mind. No. And it's also just a lot darker than I thought it was. I mean, this company is going to go down as the villain of the 21st century. I mean, it's just, it's so bad. And again, I'm not going to have too much comments because I haven't read it, but steer me if I'm right or wrong. I mean, I get the impression that in some ways Facebook is still just they don't care. Yeah. It's, don't care. They're just doing whatever they want. Mm-hmm. They don't really know how to police anything. Well, and not only that, I feel like that's kind of what I thought before reading this book is that, oh, they just don't care about policing, but they're actually, you know, prioritizing mm. the alt-right and misinformation. They're actually helping the misinformation. They push it harder because it gets shared more. It gets shared more. It gets and, more engagement. Yeah, it gets more it, engagement and all that money. stuff. So, so they're literally making it happen rather than just saying, "Oh, we're not doing anything to stop it." They're actually making it happen. And so, it, it's an incredibly exhaustive look. I mean, he's got so many sources. Um, his name is Max Fisher. He's one of the people who yep. started Vox. Okay. And, um, it's a little dense and it's a little repetitive. But also YouTube comes out looking real bad. And he said, you know, if you think Facebook's bad, look at YouTube because not many people, you know, they never, they've never claimed to be a good company and they've never tried to make changes and they never said they would. Like, it's just always been kind of the wild west YouTube has. Um, But anyway, I I recommend it, but it is, it's kind of, it's kind of dense. Yeah. I mean, it's something to think about, you know, like if you were a crazy racist alt-right person mm-hmm. in the early 90s you were just that mm-hmm. and you were in court yeah. in indiana and maybe you had someone else that you could talk to that was like that maybe mm-hmm. probably not but that was it so now the situation is you can be like that and then you can just instantly sit down and have yeah. a whole community of people like you mm-hmm just empowered to do whatever you want and not feel like you're the only one. And so it, I feel like it empowers them to just go and mm-hmm. be aggressive and yeah, I don't know, maybe that's a part of it. I, yeah. Yeah. And, and just real quick, you know, like for example, what they did in Myanmar was once they, cause Myanmar got a democracy and things were going really well and they, you know, they brought Facebook in and what Facebook did was they would subsidize all the data for people's phones if you were using the internet within Facebook. So oh, basically, God. if you used Facebook, it was free if you lived in Myanmar. So, you know. And I'm sure they positioned that as we're giving the internet to people for yeah, free and exactly. we're making the world a better place. Yeah. And so that's the only place people got their news. And so 
this happened and then that's you know it's really wild it's really crazy to read that yeah anyway what do you have okay mine's a lot more light Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i was trying to think um actually after this conversation you know i i had a few honorary mentions which are also some dark reads mm-hmm. uh, empire of pain i want to read that i got to read this book and oxycotton mm-hmm. um all the troubles of our days about mildred hanuk the crazy spy who was an american in germany mm. anyway wow. heavy stuff yeah but i narrowed it down to the band pet shop boys i mean just... <laughs> so all that <laughs> I, I have no idea where this is coming from because coming you haven't from. mentioned anything that you've been listening to them no this happened about last week okay um, so if anyone knows me they always know i've kind of got a soft spot for the electro pop you know mm-hmm. the slow beats the slow bangers kind of mm-hmm. you know the heyday of daft punk mm-hmm. um, just that kind of slow mellow dance music not house that's real you know yeah aggressive but just sure. pop indie sure. pop electro pop yeah and yeah. so i was doing my spotify playlist and i'm working and this mm-hmm. song comes on and it's got a stupid ass name pardon my okay. french it's called <laughs> love is a bourgeois construct <laughs> <laughs> and it just starts and i'm just like wow this is really i love this wow i love this wow. who is this yeah it's pet shop boys Okay. Okay. And so Pet Shop Boys is one of those bands been around forever. You always heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you already really know what they are. Right. Totally. I mean, that's exactly I mean, where it falls to me. It's like yeah. Pet Shop Boys. Pet I know Shop the Boys. name, I, but I don't know it, anything about it. If this was trivia, I would know it's a band. I would know mm-hmm. it's 80s, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. I never really went there. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, let's shuffle them. Was it awesome? Huge catalog. Mm-hmm. of some of the catchiest like wow. mellow dance music and sometimes they miss the mark a little mm-hmm. um but like the song i really liked was from an album in 2013 like wow. they're still doing this wow so i've been listening to it all week and so that's my recommendation what Go a out great there. wreck i mean i'm actually um, gonna put that up tomorrow morning that's gonna yeah. be our, our our listen for the day so my two songs that kind of got me hooked is love is a bourgeois construct <laughs> okay and always on my mind and you just play them and you're like boy wow put those headphones on i'm on it get a glow stick i'm on it and go okay i love it i'm with the times you're with the times yeah (laughs) and most of our listeners will be like yeah pet shop boys i don't know but i I I would love to know that the the percentage of harrison county residents that are avid pet shop boys fans I don't know. Let's see what people say. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for joining me. It was awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. Bye.